Hey, welcome to the Church Report Podcast. My name is Scott Camden. I serve as the Advancement Director with the Rogo Foundation. And today I get to spend time with a friend of mine, Abel Pomar. You are the President and CEO of Adelphi. And you're actually now for for multiple years, your organization has chosen to be a strategic partner with our Rogo Foundation. And over that time, uh, your organization has gone through a, a significant transformation. Yes. Uh, a full rebrand. Full rebrand. Yeah. A little yes. bit of work. Just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Right. And uh, as I was talking with some of the people on your team and talking mm-hmm. with our team here at Sandals Church and the Rogo Foundation, we realized that given the times that we are living in and some of the things that we're seeing happening really around the world with certain mm-hmm. uh, generations mm-hmm. and things that are happening in the marketplace, uh, our team realized that, hey, this could be a very interesting conversation. And really it centers around your organization formally being known as ECCU, Evangelical Christian Credit Union, Mm -hmm. and then the decision for a full rebrand. Full rebrand, yes. So I'd I'd love to give you just a a few minutes to to share about that specific thing, the, the who we were, and let's talk up to the decision of we, 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 we need to make a change. Right. What, what is that and why? Sure. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. Um, and I want to say thank you to the Rogo Foundation, to Sandals Church. Love this organization. Love this ministry. Um, I came to formerly ECCU back in 2014. Not too far you know, later, not too much later, I actually came to know more about Sandals Church. There was a number of people on staff that attended the church and uh, we learned about you all and the impact you're having in the community. Love that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as uh, our relationship grew and I got to know more of the staff, including yourself, Scott, I came to learn about the Rogo foundation. And for us, we have been uh, as ECCU since 1950, I'm sorry, 1964, Mm -hmm. we've been involved in supporting churches through financial solutions. Yes church loans, banking solutions for churches. So ministry and churches are at the heart of who we've served for decades. And so what, when we saw what you were doing and helping to revitalize churches that were struggling, I mean, it really tugged at our heartstrings and it really aligned with our values, our, our missional um, uh, components. It just, just seemed like a natural fit. So, so thank you again for the relationship. We've loved being a partner and, and contributing to what you're doing here. I think it's been phenomenal for us. But to answer your question, you know, this question of our name, Evangelical Christian Credit Union, was something that I really wanted to tackle coming into the organization back in um, 2014. I've been a believer for most of my life. Yeah. Right? I grew up in the church. My parents, uh, you know, instilled uh, this this respect for the Lord. I came to personal faith in Christ when I was in my teen years, and basically, uh, I, I have a great respect for for what the body of Christ is doing, and even the term evangelical, I have a great respect for it because for me and for us at, at Adelphi, it really means that we care about people coming to know Jesus. We care about the spread of the gospel, right? We love that. But the fact is that as I was joining the organization, I I did realize that the culture Mm -hmm. had really, in a sense, I would say hijacked the the, the term. Yes. In many settings today, the term evangelical can be off-putting to many people, the seeker and even the believer. Uh, so we we undertook actually two efforts to potentially change our name okay. and to consider what could should we be called, something uh, that would be 
true to our roots, still aligned with our faith and values and, and still showed our commitment to the Lord. So we went through exercise number one and that, that did not, the Holy Spirit did not give me a piece about Mm -hmm. that first exercise. So we, we in a sense pulled back, but about a year and a half, two years ago, um, we brought on some new external advisors Mm -hmm. um, and we had some new uh, leadership in our marketing area. And through that effort, I think God really directed us to really explore. And what we did was we, we held focus groups Mm -hmm. with both members of our credit union and non-members we both these groups were believers. So whether you were a member of the credit, you knew about us, or you didn't have any clue who we were, we talked to believers and we asked them many questions. We asked them questions about our mission statement, our values, our statement of faith. And then we touched on the name and what people overwhelmingly believers, uh, I'm sorry, um, members and non-members, all believers overwhelmingly agreed that the term evangelical, uh, was potentially a problem in the culture. Right. Uh, and it's unfortunate, yeah. but it's a reality. Sure. Right. And the other part of our former name was the term credit union. Overwhelmingly, also, people didn't understand what a credit union uh, was. They didn't understand that, uh, how, how do you become a member of it? What? Why, why do you call people members of a credit union rather yeah. than just customers, right? So all that complexity we thought is just difficult in this era where there's lots of choices. Yes. There's a bank on every corner or banks in your pocket on, on a mobile app, right? Sure. We have to have a very clear message about who we are, what we stand for and the impact we can have together. So through the course of those focus groups, we, we ended up um, with the term Adelphos, which is really a term found over 300 times in the new Testament in Hebrew. And that term Adelphos means brother and sister in Christ. So we took that term and we shortened it to Adel and added the FI on the end for financial institution. So Adelphi was born. It's a financial institution serving brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And that's fundamentally who we are. And so now with the clarity of that new name, our new logo, our new brand, I think we can better tell our story about who we are because we are believers. Yes. All of our staff are believers. We, you know, from, from my role all the way to the, the newest employee, we're all believers. Yes. We all serve believers because to become a member of the credit union and to do your banking with us, you have to agree to our statement of faith. So uh-huh. you have to be a believer yes. in order to uh, partake in kind of the shared financial uh, blessings that, that we can give to all members, whether the members are churches, whether they're individuals, or whether they're small business owners and investors, which we've also branched into this year. So, so really what we do is we serve the entire body of Christ. And now with this new name, I feel empowered to be able to tell a fresh story that doesn't have the the weight or the chains of terms that we can control the definition of in the in the culture. Yeah, so what it sounds like is really the the, the heart of the organization. There, there was there was no heart transfer. There wasn't a transplant involved. No, no heart um, transplant. But but it was a it was a a um, a bit of a, a refresh or a revitalization of of the the exterior of the organization. Yes. Um, to to better help people connect with the heart of who you are. Exactly. And and before the name change, which occurred February of this year, 2022, yeah. in the last five years, we've been investing in our back office infrastructure. So we've been in implementing new systems, new online banking solutions, new mobile apps, other things, many things that will help 
all of our members transact their financial needs much easier with us. So before we got to that name change, we did a lot of ground up rebuilding of who we are as yeah. an institution in the yeah. back office yes. so that we can then put the face, the new face on something that's fresh and new for yeah. the outside world. Can't neglect the user experience. Can't neglect that. Not yeah. in this day and age. Ensuring that that's in place. Yes. Helping people understand the heart of the organization. Yes. And I think that really sets us up for a couple questions. You know, I, I'm really spoiled here at, at our foundation and at our church where um, I get to serve alongside about 180 or so other amazing men and women who are mm. part of our staff. You know, we're one church, many locations, 14 mm. campuses throughout California, our largest being our digital footprint. But, um, you know, we have this this team and part of that team, they they spent quite a bit of time researching and preparing for the, for this episode for you mm. and I to spend some time together and they built out some great questions. So yes. I'd like to throw a couple of those at you sure. and we can talk through those. I think it it's a good time to move into that. One of the questions that they had uh, shared with me was in the ways in which older generations view the brands they work for, buy from, or associate with is changing with new generations. Mm. It's no longer just about the quality of the product, but the reputation and the values of the company as well. As brands pivot to meet the demands of younger audiences, what do you think are some of the more noticeable differences in the expectations between older and younger generations? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, we recently did a research study with Lifeway Research yeah. um, that touched on some of these themes that you bring up, uh, Scott. The, our research study was all centered around um, this idea of what, what do Christians do differently in how they manage their, their finances as opposed to non-Christians. And we wanted to understand, are there differences, right? Um, we focused our uh, survey on believers in the age bracket between 25 and 40, so a bit on the younger side. So, so I have some data points that are fresh from that research study on the younger side. But in the course of all that research, some of the other uh, investigation that we uncovered or, or researched ourselves was that the older generations, which we still have many older members of our credit union, they're great savers. Yes. They, went, they grew up in a time where there was um, just different circumstances in the world. And I think the older generations were taught to work hard, take care of yourself, take care of your family. It was very focused on living through very difficult circumstances and almost like a survival mm -hmm. through difficult circumstances and self-preservation. And as you say that, you know, older generations in some studies focus on quality of product and other things. Today, what we're seeing through our research study and through other studies is that younger people care about values. Mm. They care about aligning their values with an institution or an organization, whether it's a retail organization or a bank, a church. They want to know that they're unifying or, you know, working or collaborating with those that share similar values. So, so in a sense, um, that's a huge shift. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing it ourselves because as we changed our brand, Part of it was to clarify that message because if people can't understand who we are and what our values are, then we can never hope to attract the full potential of believers out there to come and consider us as a banking solution for right. them, right? Right, right. Yeah. No, that's so good. Uh, another one is, how do you think the younger generation's propensity to research the values of a company before engaging with it is affecting businesses today? Well, that decision to buy something isn't, 
instant. You know, our research study uh, that we did in January with Lifeway, one of the questions indicated that younger people between 25 and 40 are... 60% of them are very likely to make an instant decision or want to make an instant decision on something they need. But other questions, the responses indicate that they want to make sure that that decision is aligned with their values. Yes. So there's this tension with younger people that they they want what they need today, but they, they, they want to take enough time to make sure that they're committing their dollar to an institution organization that is going to somehow further what their beliefs are. So another question that I wanted to ask you, Abel, mm-hmm. is uh, authenticity is an important value for millennials and Gen Zers. Yeah. How do you think businesses can pursue authenticity in today's marketplace? Great question as well. Um, I know that's at the heart of sandals, right? This oh, yeah. real with yourselves, God and others, right? Yes. Ourselves, God and others. Um, I think that definitely is something that we uh, in, in the business world have to embrace. One of the things um, that culturally we do uh, at Adelphi is we share with our members kind of why we make decisions. Recently in January, we made a bit of a change in some product and service offerings. Okay. Instead of just changing it on our website and that's it, we actually took the time to construct an email that helped explain what we were considering, why we made the changes, and then we sent that off to all of our membership. So for us, that's part of living that out. It's it's kind of giving people an understanding of the why. Everybody wants to know the why, I think, of everything. And that's natural. We're humans. Um, What's one of the first words little kids learn? Why, right? (laughs) Right. And I think as adults and in the business world, we have to keep that in mind is that our customers, our members, they want to know why we're doing things, what motivates us, what's causing changes to occur, you know, from, from this business. So I think being open, yeah, being accessible is another one. Yes. Um, I have a CEO at AdelphiBanking.com email address that's out on our website and, um, and available through different emails that go out to members. Anyone can email me basically. Yeah. And I check that email box, uh, throughout the day and I answer questions directly. So for me, being accessible is also part of that authenticity. Right. Because in in my role, I'm just I'm I'm the same, I'm of the same value as the newest employee at Adelphi. Mm-hmm. I just have different responsibilities. That's all. So yes. I look at it like I'm not somewhere inaccessible. I have to be accessible to be transparent with our members who are entrusting us with their financial resources, right? So yeah. that's a that's a hugely important thing that I think every business needs to take seriously. That's great. That's great. How do you think businesses can be positioning themselves to meet new, younger customers in the marketplace, whether they're a business or they're a nonprofit? Yeah, well, uh, we just touched on authenticity, transparency. I think those are huge. I think clarifying and engaging the customer base or the member base in our case with who we are, our values and helping them participate in that. This year, we're actually changing how we do our, our give backs, you know, in the past, like last year, for example, in 2021, we gave nearly a million dollars to different 
uh, ministry organizations, most of them being in the missions area yeah. because we care greatly about the gospel being spread, right? So missions is something that's at the heart of who we are at Adelphi. But this year we're redesigning that because we're looking for ways to engage our members and, and help them participate in that give back. Okay. So as opposed to an organization just kind of running business, its business operations, and then, you know, maybe quarterly or at the end of the year, you calculate uh, your, what your profits are for the year. And then you do a, a tithe on that. Well, I want to change that model. I want to do something that ultimately, I don't know if we're going to do this in phase one, but ultimately when the final product gets rolled out, I want to get feedback from our members mm -hmm. on where we should be giving and ultimately participate in that give back with us. Because yeah. at the end of the day, every dollar on deposit, every auto loan, every mortgage, every uh, personal loan, every, you know, not proposing people carry debt, but every credit card swipe to that you can pay off at the end of the month, the balance, that swipe earns Adelphi a little bit of income, which then can go back into kingdom work, right? Yeah. So for us, it's helping and giving to like the Rogo Foundation. It's giving back to missions and other things that spread the gospel. So yeah. that's how that, that value-centered... Um, Clarity mm -hmm. is how businesses, I think, can, can reach those younger people and really resonate. To, to drill a little deeper on this, you know, you, you have a, a, a very specific target, believers. Yes. And, and I have to believe that one of your targets is young believers. Yes. Can you talk about maybe some of the strategies that, that you as an organization have to target those who, who don't know the name Adelphi? Mm -hmm. uh, it don't understand what you do. Right. Um, how, how are you, what are you doing now to try to talk to that group about what you're doing to hope to win some? Yes, definitely. So we have very, we have direct digital channels today that we use. Um, we have a YouTube video that just was posted, uh, about our rebrand about, about two months ago. Okay. We've had over 700,000 views of that. Wow. And that's nationally. We've yeah. gone national with that video. And what we do with that video is as a, anyone is watching um, a, a YouTube uh, live stream or recorded church service. Mm -hmm. And if you fall within the 25 to 40 age bracket within very specific zip code geographies that we know have a propensity to have more believers in them across the country, yeah. you're going to get served up that ad. Yeah. And that's how we've reached over 700,000 views already. Full, view, full views of that minute and a half video, which is great. Wow. So that video tells everybody about who we are. So I encourage people to check that out. Yeah. It's on YouTube, Adelphi Banking, and, and you'll see that. Um, but it'll give you a sense of who we are and why we exist. So that's a, one of the direct ways we do it. Right. Um, so we use a lot of digital marketing strategies there. Indirectly, we work through organizations as well. We partner with organizations yeah. to, you know, help people understand that we exist and that by using us for your financial needs, somehow you can multiply your impact in the kingdom. So yes, we want you to tie to your local church. That's essential as a believer. Right. Give to other Christian charities. But you know what? By banking with Adelphi, there, there's a give back component that, Will, will come indirectly through all of your relationship and transactions that doesn't necessarily come out of your pocket and you pay for, but comes out of our profits through the relationship you have with us. So it's a way of magnifying your impact, uh, you know, in the body of Christ. And, and, you know, I have two roles. I serve as mm -hmm. the advancement director with Arogo Foundation, but I also have the same title with our church. And I have the blessing of serving um, our, our 14 campus pastors and our leadership teams. Mm -hmm. And I connect with uh, people that 
are a part of Sandals Church physically and digitally. Mm-hmm. And the conversations that we have often are around this idea of proper stewardship. Yes. You say stewardship and, and oftentimes, and for the sake of this conversation, we'll stay on this topic, but oftentimes people immediately go to treasure. They go to yes. financial stewardship. Yep. You know, but I love curving the conversation around to time and talent and how they're stewarding those well. Yes. But but with this, as you're sharing uh, about really, I guess, the idea of, of having your money work and support uh, kingdom things mm-hmm. uh, apart from you actually taking of your direct income and giving some back mm-hmm. through a tithe or a gift and or offering. Um, this idea of being shrewd with what you have and putting it in a place that that multiplies it and its impact. The, the fact that yes. I'm not taking, you know, if I have $100, I'm not taking 10% giving to my church, maybe a little bit more because of some unique things. And then I'm going to go and give another 5% to something else. Mm -hmm. Rather, I can place my money with an organization like Adelphi. um, And you guys have a kingdom heart. And your organization is choosing to take what you've made off of my deposits with you. Mm -hmm. And you're supporting. And that's treasure added to my account. Exactly. Because I've chosen to place my money with an organization like yours. That's true. And I I feel that principle. We internally at Adelphi, we call that all recycling Christian dollars within the Christian ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It isn't just about Adelphi. It's really about the, the other Christian business owner in our community. We really need to be thinking about as believers, um, kind of working together. I, I go back to the early church, Acts chapter four, verse 32. It's not a, a verse that specifically says thou shalt had do business with one another, but it's, it's a verse that really describes how believers in that early church, they held assets yeah. and those assets at times were placed or sold or whatever given for the sake of benefiting the body of believers. Right. right and right. so I always go back to that verse as a model in my brain yeah. about how can we play a role like that? You know, some of it is direct giving, but another one is indirectly placing and choosing to maybe take your dry cleaners to the, the you know, your fellow congregant that owns a dry cleaner in the neighborhood yeah. because as he does better in his dry cleaning business, guess what? He's going to be able to give back more into the work of the Lord yeah. and more people come to know Jesus, which is ultimately why we're all here. Yeah, right. Amen. Fulfill yeah. the Great Commission. No, I love that. Your company gives people the opportunity to manage their money with kingdom-minded individuals. Why do you think uh, your service is a unique opportunity for young Christians today? Well, truthfully, I don't see that young Christians have a lot of options in the financial services space. You know, you see great companies out there. There's large national brands. You've got some new fintechs coming out, you know, that are dominating the kind of the the marketing landscape, you know. Um, but are they value aligned, right? I think all of us appreciate having the ease, the convenience of a, you know, a high tech solution, a great app in your pocket where you can access all of the things you need to carry carry out your financial needs throughout the day. Or, But there aren't really strong Christian options, right? Yeah. And while there may be a few other Christian credit unions in this country, um, we at Adelphi are determined to be the easiest one to work with and the, the, the most digitally minded because we don't have branches and we serve a national footprint. So as an example, we serve 120 countries around the world that have missionaries. About a thousand missionaries live abroad, yeah. and we provide them banking services 
even yeah. though we don't have branches in those countries. And right. even though uh, we, we are headquartered here in Southern California. So that's, our reach is very broad, yeah. both internationally and nationally. And I think the attraction for that young believer is that we're easy, we're digital, yeah. we're accessible. You're going to get more value than you are going to get from some of the fintechs because as a, a credit union and a not-for-profit organization, we actually keep our, our, our costs down. We don't have investors. Members own us. So yeah. when you place some money on deposit with us, you technically become partial owner of the credit union. Yeah. And therefore, we, we, don't, we don't need to generate massive margins to pay back investors. We pass that on to to the, the believer, the member. Right. So I think that's a huge thing is that if you want to be a great steward, uh, which in fact, our survey indicated that 69% of believers between 25 and 40 want to be good stewards. I think that's an element of considering, you know, how are you being a good steward? And most folks use a national bank for their basic banking. You know, they they have branches on the corner, they're accessible, Maybe there's a trust factor because they've been around forever, too sure. big to fail, all those things. <laughs> you know, for us, we've been around since 1964. Um, we're fully insured, as are the banks um, that we compete with. And we share your values, and we're going to have kingdom impact. So I think it's it's that value prop that I hope that uh, young people really see and, and take to heart and kind of ponder what's the best choice for me. Yeah, I think, you know, with the younger demographics, there's a significant... Um, distrust of big business, real or yeah. perceived if you're a big business or not. I don't know exactly how to define that, but these larger organizations. Right. Um, and, and what I'm hearing, and as I've gotten to know some of you and your team, uh, it seems that there is, and you even talked about this earlier with the communication you pushed out. You know, you had a change management plan. You're going to make some changes, mm-hmm. but your your members Mm-hmm. You're going to inform them and, and they, I believe, felt honored and you continue to model that you're transparent and that you want to be open and honest about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's timely and, and I think really needed because so much of what we've been fed as a society for so long has been um, fake in a facade. Mm. We've been mm-hmm. fed a narrative to get us to do something right. when, when we're learning in different instances that what we've right. been told may, maybe isn't exactly true. So I really appreciate uh, your commitment to authenticity mm-hmm. and transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, as you continue on with your organization, um, what, what are some maybe new things that are coming um, that you guys plan to roll out, I'll say, over the next the remainder of this year? Is there some some changes or some new products that are coming? Yes. In fact, uh, we're looking right now at uh, insurance products, mm-hmm. um, home, auto, life. Um, and we're also looking at wealth management because wow. what we do, our core um, services and products have to do with basic banking and basic lending. But we also know that some of us uh, want to take our, our, you know, some of the treasure the Lord has allowed us to save for our future. And you want to put it in biblically responsible investments. So we're yes. thinking of expanding into that area through mm-hmm. existing uh, partners out there that are already doing that well. One of the things we want to do is we don't want to reinvent the wheel, right. but if there's some great, and, and we're talking to a, a few of them now, uh, great uh, Christ-centered uh, wealth management organizations that, again, align with us from a faith perspective, 
align with us from a digital delivery perspective, then yeah. I think it'll be a good fit. So we're exploring that and we hope to be rolling some of those things out in the not too distant future. That's exciting. I think the last question I have for you is around um, discipleship. Mm. You know, you, you are pursuing a younger demographic mm-hmm. um, and trying to educate them about why they should prayerfully consider mm-hmm. uh, using Adelphi for their financial needs. Um, is there a discipleship or an education component for those who are a part of your financial institution to help them grow in their ability to steward well what they've been entrusted with? Today, no. Um, we don't have a strong component there. But in fact, that's one of the things we're in some early talks with um, a partner that has a desire to build some content. They don't have the financial expertise, but they have more of a publishing expertise. Oh, wow. And so to marry our understanding of, of banking and saving and how to properly establish good credit and how to manage credit effectively in this world where you need it in order to get a yeah. mortgage and to do other things. Uh, we're in early talks to develop content around that. And I'm excited about that because I think that's a huge part of where, again, there aren't that many strong players out there providing um, great content, right? Yeah. And for us, I think we want to make it very accessible content, right? Yeah. To our members and non-members so that people can grow in their in their stewardship. So that's a really good question, Scott, and one that we are, we're delving into. We just need to find the right publishing partner to help us pull together the content. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, I'm, I'm glad to know it's on the radar. Yeah, it's I know that's radar. something that we, we're passionate here at Sandals Church is, um, you know, the discipleship track. What, what yeah. are we doing to help people grow in their relationship with Christ? Yes. And for us also in the, our vision of being real, um, we want to see them progress in that. We want to see them be good stewards of all yes. time, talent, treasure that they've been entrusted with. Yes. So Abel, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and, and sit down with me today and have this conversation. Uh, again, thank you for your choice to support what God's doing through the Rogo Foundation. Uh, you guys have been a great partner and we look forward to growing the partnership. Well, well, thank you, Scott. I love what you do at the foundation. I love what Sandals is doing and uh, keep up the good work. You got a number of us praying for you uh, at Adelphi. Oh, we appreciate that. God bless you, man. God bless you. Thank you.